0: get special occasions like you're getting right now. But welcome to the 1334 Dex, where we're recording an episode because we're probably in the middle of a holiday, so we're going to do an exclusive for you. And Albert and myself thought, what better way to start our exclusives than to have the great, great debate and us coming together in ranking each main series game from top to bottom. Um, and not saying that these games are bad or anything like that, but we're going to rank them based on playability, how ama- how amazing they are, and quality of life. We'll see which, which game is the best that's came out and which game is not the best that came out. I was trying to word that without just completely obliterating one. I was doing the friendlier approach, Albert.
1: Wait, is that what we're doing? I thought we were doing this because you didn't want to record on your birthday.
0: Oh, that too. I oh see look at that I always break the fourth wall and I get I get criticized for it. he breaks the fourth wall and we'll, well look at look at him
1: I am the editor and pretty much the organizer of the show so
0: fair 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 anywho all right you want to get started in this because you uh you and I were trying to figure out which one we were gonna do and I thought you had to start it off with the games the main series games the things that everyone can debate and everyone can talk about.
1: So, I think the way we decided on doing this is, starting from Gen 1, going upward all the way to Gen 8, and kind of looking at the game as a whole, based on how we like the region, what new features they introduced, you know, what advances in the tech that we got. We are pretty much going to be putting, you know, like red and blue together, because it's essentially the same game you see you know different pokemon and you know in future generations you get different legendaries but it's not really fair to say like red is better than blue or blue is better than better than red because they're, they're pretty much the yeah same
0: so thing. and then like the third installment the third installment is is, is its own yep, entity because itself right? actually
1: introduces its own sometimes its own new features and add-ons and all that fun stuff so yeah um we're just going to, like I said, start from the bottom and work our way up. So our very first one, or at least here in America, is going to be Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue. So taking a trip to Kanto right now.
0: Time out, man. Before you get started, what's the tier list? How, how are we How are we ranking this?
1: So we're using a real simple system. It's pretty much a five-step system. Either S being best game, we think it's like almost pretty it's pretty much perfection going all the way down to i think we have d rank which uh personally i don't really want to say that this means it's a horrible game it just means it's not our favorite of the set
0: it's not it's yeah it's it's the least good (laughs) of them yeah because i mean so so it's is it so it's a b c uh, d
1: s a b c d or at least the website I'm using—that's how they organized all this. So I'm letting them do the work as we do this.
0: Hey, that's that's fine with me. I just wanted to know so I didn't say the wrong letter and misplace something. There's the, I have some controversial opinions, but we are here to agree and we're also here to figure this out together. All right, so you're you're starting it off. You said we have a canto, We go red and blue first, yep, right?
1: Yeah. Well, at least for us. I mean, originally it was red and green version, and then they got blue version which would eventually become our red and blue version with the updates and all that stuff but again we're sticking mostly with what we saw here in america because no offense to everybody else this where we both live in america so this is what we're rolling with but yeah we're looking at red and blue so our introduction to pokemon as a whole in kanto it is a region we've seen a lot of a lot a lot of
0: so kanto fans and and gen one-ers this is me just going to place it, and it's not our official placement. But I, the, the way I look at this, and I think it gets a nod because it's the first. Everyone remembers the first, yep.
1: right? It's got nostalgia for it. That's the main thing with red and blue. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of, especially as older gamers, first memories of Pokemon.
0: And I think we had this conversation on our main show, like probably a month or so back but is is red and blue really that great like it's definitely iconic for everything it did and everything it brought to the table but is it really that great because i have this sitting at d just because i think we've been so fortunate to watch it evolve over time and we know where it's at now that you almost don't think to yourself hey let me go back and play red and blue especially when they've established the region again in future generations
1: see i wouldn't put it that low i would put it at either a b or a c pretty much because it to, to, by today's standards yes it is kind of clunky it's slower but again at the time that the game was out that was innovative that was something very different it was a kind of like a new style of game that we had never really been introduced to before and we, like a lot of concepts that we saw in future games all blossomed from the ideal set in the first game. And I mean, you progressively, you want to see improvements, which we're going to see as we go through the generation. So I wouldn't put it that low. I would put it, like I said, like a B or a C, That I would probably say a C. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, I, I, can't, I can't put it that high for it to be a B, but I think putting it right in the middle of a C is good. Because, yeah, it's the first, it's, it's the... It's what's going to set the pace the start.
1: for the future of the yeah.
0: series. And and what's funny is, I'm going to say this, it's not the worst Canto game. <laughs> it's not the worst Canto game that's come out. So, uh, but also in Generation 1, we had Yellow version, which... Will be its
1: own standalone. This was
0: the... yeah. We also, in Gen 1, got Yellow Version, and Yellow Version was the first physical copy I owned personally. Because I have played Red and Blue with my friends in elementary school, but Yellow was the first game I physically owned with a Game Boy Color. Um, I'm biased with this one. I think it also, uh, it was a crisper game. Uh, you had a better opportunity catching more of the wild Pokemon and stuff. The colors changing was helpful. The sprites looked better. We got more um, of a
1: tie-in with the enemy, which is where a lot of people kind of got introduced yeah. to the whole series in general because we had Jesse and James pop up. You were treated, I guess, kind of more like Ash, but you were still red. So it, it depends on which way you want to look at it. Yeah. And then you got little perks like some the regionals or what you saw in that game they were kind of shuffled around um a little bit more of story and things like side quests not too much but you got little bonuses like surfing pikachu you got to interact with pikachu a lot more so it it started the precedence for you know what a lot of people would uh, this is walking yeah, animation that's something that um I mean we'll probably talk about that more on the main show that we will hear but it's a little thing that everybody loves but I mean it did yeah. improve on the formula but it was Little minor improvements. It was nothing major this round, at least to me.
0: Those minor improvements made the generations of that game much better. You you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it 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 perfected those red and blue flaws that it had, and it also connected with more people because, like you said, it, it it related to the anime a lot. I, where would you? I I'm curious to know where you would put this because I said I'm a little biased with this, but I also and very, I'm a big detractor on those Gen 1 games, too. So, where would you put it? I would leave it, it in the
1: same rank. Um, it doesn't do enough in the addition qual- addition category for me to put it like a rank above. So, I would probably leave it there at C as well.
0: I would put it at C, but it has to be ranked ahead. Like, if we're ranking them numerically... In that C rank, that's ahead of of red and okay, blue. Okay, so this tier maker um, only has
1: five levels. We cannot do C one, C two, C three. No, 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 <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 no. But like, but like, it's better than it's better than red and blue, but it's still a C C tier game. Yeah. So yeah, like that. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. It's 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 sufficiently better than red and blue, but it is a C tier game.
1: Which I would agree with. I, I would leave it there at the C tier. It is like I said. It's got the improvements over red and blue but again it's to me they're not giant leaps in improvements which we'll see like in other games
0: ironically enough i had internet issues today and it was funny before we recorded the show i had the internet tech come out and the guy saw the pokemon stuff in the house and the first thing he said was
1: i do you like digimon
0: no 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 <laughs> he said i love Gold, silver, and crystal. Johto is my region. So, which brings us to our next one, our next region, or at least our next generation, Generation 2, where we were blessed with the gold and silver games, which no one expected there to be anything after this,
1: but... Yeah, because this game was literally set to end, like, even... The first movie had like a canon ending, which was pretty much going to wrap up the anime all in one. But yeah, thanks to the success, we actually had a future game in gold and silver. So this one took us to Johto, and we're seeing an improvement on the formula. Kind of taking things that we saw from Yellow, and building on it a little bit more. Taking kind of like another extra step. Which this is one where a lot of people... This is their favorite region. Like This is like a fan-favorite, popular, like top tier. So before we jump to that, I think it's take the game and what they introduced. So this game introduced baby Pokemon and hatching eggs and breeding.
0: Day and night cycle.
1: The day and night cycle time, pretty much. Um, we got introduced to Shinies. Not as well known at the time as they are now, but we were introduced to Shinies at the time. Um, first game, or only game really, to introduce what everyone's like main talking point is, a, na- a whole other region to the game. So two regions in one, which whether that's good or bad, we'll talk about that in a bit. But that was one feature that they did, was actually tag on the whole new one. And of course, you know, we got a whole new set of Pokemon, new gym leaders, all that fun stuff. But I mean, we're going to get those in every generation. So those aren't really anything to take into full account.
0: This is where I'm going to go in the way this game goes does Johto have besides Whitney any memorable real memorable gym leaders and trainers that you face
1: oh I think you could say Claire being one because was your exposure to dragons and going to the dragon den and this is another one of those fan favorites um you got more interactions with Lance like I felt like but Lance was already established, you know. Like, no, no, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. You were leaning more towards seeing more interactions from like important figures. Like, you saw Lance like at the Lake of Rage through kind of the whole battle with Team Rockets. You had little moments where you met like Jasmine at the lighthouse. But so but but that's that's not what I'm getting. Wise, at. That's not what I'm getting at.
0: Were they memorable? Think of every region and how they go. You always have those memorable set of characters. Lance, yeah, sure. No one sits there and says Claire. No one sits there and says Morty is one because he had the Gengars. And Gengar's a fan favorite. No one says anything about Gold and Silver the way they talk about other regions. Like They talk about the region itself, but those characters are kind of flushed aside. Other than Whitney. Whitney's kind of that thing because that mill tank that puts you to the limit at the beginning. I'm asking that just for the simple fact of without the memorable characters in Johto, does that instantly put it below red and blue or, uh, I'm because the technical limitations of the game increased. They had great music, great artwork, sprites increased. Um, the second region. So, I mean, they had a big enough file size to have two regions in there um, and things like that. And, but then you even got to revisit the old region and kind of continue a story you finished in the last generation. Uh is uh, my, my biggest takeaway on that is the characters though. That's what I was trying to get at. Um, where, where this is confusing for me. Huh? Where, where, where do you have these sitting?
1: So, I would put these, most because I know where we're going in the future, probably at a B rank, like middle. I I'm not, I don't want to... A lot of people want to put them at, like, top tier S, but I don't know if I would go that far, because just because they added an extra region isn't enough for me to say that's a perfect, you know, beautiful game. Yeah. Because even if you look at the extra region when they included Kanto, it was... The same gym leaders, they had a couple new Pokemon, but I mean, there wasn't a story. It was just like, okay, you can like blast through all this. Like, it's like, eh, you got the story in the Johto part. Kanto is just... Kanto, it's the same Pokemon. A, a couple minor changes to the region. Like, you have the train station now. What was in Vermilion that you can take all the way to Goldenrod? I get, you got like one new gym leader in the form of Blue? taking over the spot for Giovanni. But it's all kind of the same. Like, it's a little, um, like, it it doesn't really add much to it. Like, you could probably, like, blast through all that within, like, an hour if you just, like, go, like, city to city to city running. You can can power through it. Yeah. So it's just, like, if they added, like, an extra story to that section, like, something about, like, you tracking, like, Red or something, or hearing about, oh, like, the ultimate trainer, where is he, where is he? Something like that. I would give you more points for it, but it, it's just so uh, I'm trying to think of a good word for it. Just kind of like a blah, like it's it's there sort of thing. It, it's most it's more of like a nostalgia trip. Yeah, it to me, I, don't know, I would probably put it like at a B rank.
0: Okay. Um, and I just I thought about more memorable characters, Kurt, Kurt with the the apricots. Uh, but like yeah, the, that that region didn't really bring. And then the other iconic characters like the Lance and the Red. We're already established in in red and blue and yellow.
1: Yeah, um, but like I do appreciate Jodo. Like, like the gym leaders in Gen One, were you just saw them in the gym and talked to them. And Gen Two, you at least kind of met a couple of them.
0: You can meet them, but does the that gym. make them iconic? No, because you no one no one ever defaults back to them. Like you just think about it. You can meet them out in the public. It doesn't make them good. Like we're gonna get into regions. No, but the- we're gonna get into regions later on where the champions come up to you early in the game, and you don't even care. So,
1: I mean, no, I mean, we'll get to other, like, we'll talk about it in like a couple of future generations, but I like the fact that they started like the idea of the gym leaders not being stagnant people in the gym. Like they started getting, it wasn't a big role, but they started getting roles in the outside world. And then it's something that we'll see kind of build more and more as the generations go on.
0: Fair. I'm going to agree with you on the B rank. I'm going to I'm going to agree with you on the B rank cuz there's S A B C D, right? Yeah. All right, B. Yeah, I am I'm completely content with the B rank. Uh
1: when we have Crystal, which I kind of want to just run through this. Um yeah, cuz all Crystal really introduced was the Sprites move. We had the Battle Tower. Um Pokémon being a little bit more progressive and you can actually have a female trainer, so that was pretty cool. Uh but uh, a little bit more of a altered story with Suicune and I'm going to butcher his name, Yusin. But other than that, did it really add too much more? And here's the thing. I—I It didn't bring enough to the table
0: for me to say, hey, that game is great. I want to put that at C because I like gold and silver. When I think of Gen 2, I almost don't even think of Crystal. Like when you think of Gen 1, you think red, blue, and then there's yellow. And yellow was the improvement. When you think Gen Two, it's there's gold and silver in our stepchild, the crystal version. Crystal. Yeah, I'm gonna put Crystal at C. I I just I think they tried to do something new with it, but it didn't go the way they thought, and it didn't bring enough to the table for it to go forward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I would agree with you.
1: Like it's a couple small like, small improvements, but it's nothing like super game changing. Like. It's just a little alteration to the story, and like one you re- area you can go explore. So if you like battling, you got the tower. That's something you can check out. But yeah, it's nothing that it doesn't feature anything that again, like I would put it above gold and silver with.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's on par with that. And it's funny because it's the same region and stuff. Um, then we have a controversial region. This is, uh, you know, controversial generation. I I should say generation three where we get our first set of remakes we get a third installment of a game we had a pack of of games that came to the table and either these are absolutely everyone's favorite or people fell off from pokemon at this time and no one even cared or beloved people who like to rate things online like to say there's just too much water so we had ruby and sapphire with the two worst evil teams I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> more land, more water. More land, more water. See, what's funny is those teams are so bad that, like, I love them because they're so bad. But, um, so we got Ruby and Sapphire, easily, uh, one of the top three best set of starters because everyone loves those set of starters.
1: This was a conversation I had with a friend of mine. It's to where those starters, I feel like you can pick any one of the three, and you would be happy. Yeah. Like, with their evolution line along that set.
0: And that's, like, the biggest um, thing at, with them.
1: Yeah, and looking at what Gen 3 added, I mean, other than, the, of course, the improved graphics, which, again, all these should be getting better graphically as we go along. Um, we got, what, um, the ability to run, which is what something a lot of people wanted. The extra additions, we're not going to get until we get the extra game in this set here, but we got double Bikes. double battles introduced this generation we got the chance to go th- the two bikes the macro and the aero bike i believe um hideouts hideouts oh yeah secret bases Secret were bases a feature that were brought in
0: um just you know uh the music was great uh i love gen 3's music their music is great Uh i know we didn't talk about gen 1 or 2's music too much but everyone knows Gen 1's music and it's iconic. It's almost always gonna be the best, no matter what. Yeah. So <laughs> um, you know, Ruby and Sapphire, amazing graphic uh improvements, because that was the first game hop into Game Boy Advance. Yep. Again, this is where everyone falls off. Most people who hit Pokemania first with the first two generations, and then this is the time where they grew up and they just threw it aside, or they got into it. And just didn't like what they were getting. Um, memorable Pokemon. I mean. There's a lot of. Like like I said the starters are. Like the best. Like the fan favorites. But And then you get a legendary that everyone loves. But there isn't too much. I'm going to. Because I want to kind of fly through this stuff. I'm going to give it a C rank 2. Just because I know what's on the other side of that coin. You know. Like. It's one yeah. of those things where it's a gr- it's a good game, but what they gave us later on down the road was so much better in the same generation, I might add.
1: Yeah. Which we're gonna see a lot from this generation. Yeah. So I, I mean, now that you mention it, we might as well be going and bring it up. So the next one in the series was Emerald. So it's the next game in the set. So Emerald took some big jumps here because we got all the benefits of you know Ruby and Sapphire but we got some additions to where the story now included both teams you were taken to a whole new area in the form of the battle or frontier and the frontier introduced yes battles but the battles were unique this time there were sets of like special conditions to where it's the tough first i think the first time you saw like hey it's you don't use your pokemon you use a set of pokemon where you're going to choose from as rental teams and Hope that you make the right choices, there's things like the Battle Pyramid where you're walking in darkness and you make the call. Do I fight more trainers to be able to see more? Or do I run in the dark trying to find my way through this maze? And we got things like the Battle Pike, like it wasn't just standard battles. There was a little bit of like flair to each one, something that made them different and unique. Because of that, this is a case where they add more than what their predecessors did, so I would rank these of course above. Or I would rank Emerald above Ruby and Sapphire.
0: Here's the thing. The question is where? Yeah, okay. So like you said, the Battle Frontier and stuff, but then when you also look at you look at how complete that game was in comparison to the ones they gave you originally. Um and then was it the did we get the did we get the Sevi Isles in there or in the remakes?
1: We'll get those in the remakes. Okay, alright, so then in that case, um We had the introductory of bonus features like the e-reader getting you the Eon tickets so the certain mythicals. Harder to... Possible to get now. Not insanely difficult. They were possible. Yeah. With the addition of a $40, you know, attachment. But that's beside the
0: point. So (laughs) I'm going to... Oh, my goodness. I want to do this just because it is such a memorable game. And when people look at Gen 3, they default to this immediately. I'm going to almost put this in a just, I would
1: agree with a, a is just okay with a,
0: it it's, and people use Gen three's engine for ROMs all the time. Yeah. And I just, I think they did it. So lights out and they did such a good job with Emerald. Um, and that's where we started getting spoiled with future generations too, because they knew what they were doing. Um, then we go into the first set of remakes. So we go back to Kanto. We already know the graphical improvements. We know the audio improvements. We know some of the new features which Ruby and Sapphire gave us, along with Gold and Silver. And we get to implement those and bring some of those Pokemon into Fire Red and Leaf Green.
1: We also got kind of a taste with um, very early wireless tech. Because when you bought the games, you got a attachment that. that you can plug in. And if another friend had that, then you got you didn't need the link cable anymore. You could just use that little Yeah it's infrared. Be in meter. range so, or whatever. Yeah, tech wise we're improving. And I mean we're gonna see better improvements on that later. But, but I we at least got that. We got it's still the story of Kanto. They did alter things before you got to the eighth gym, where like you said, the Sevi Islands were added. So you had that whole story quest. Um I think Moltres was moved to be found down there if I remember right. It depends on how you want to look at the Sevi Isles because is it memorable content or was it filler? Because I've heard both sides of the coin here.
0: was memorable because it was never there in the first generation. Uh, but it was filler too. Like it was filler. But people do say, hey, we went to the Sevi Islands. They had that there. They had the Sevi Isles there. It was a massive improvement from Gen 1. But yeah. it's still Gen 1's game Gen to its purest. One. I'm going to put it at B because it is better than Gen 1's it's better than the C rank. So it's going to it has it's better than C. So I'm going to put it at B. We got the
1: improvements of Gen 3 thrown into mm-hmm. Gen 1.
0: But I will not say it's uh, a or higher. Like I know a lot of people love re- replaying those games on ROMs and stuff, but it's just it 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 wasn't it wasn't emerald you know what I'm saying, like emerald, emerald. It is. makes
1: for a more enjoyable. It's a more enjoyable experience, kind of playing those, and you still get it's the same game. They don't change any of the text except for you know the Heavy Island section, but it was still a pretty good experience overall. So yeah, I would give it to you at a B, or I would agree with you. I should say. All right, um, going on our next set was going to be Gen Four, and my goodness, so the first set would be Diamond and Pearl. So a big jump technically as we go to the ds because the ds had a lot of abilities and features that you could not do on the game boy advance so going into Sinnoh, we've got a a region that actually kind of like starts implementing a little bit of like 3d with the way that they had set up the graphics not true 3d but at least with visuals and stuff Uh, a little bit more of a complex setup with the villains. Still evil team, but at least they try to do a little bit more with uh, making it memorable. We got the underground, which is, if you had the people to play with, was a really fun feature to run around, set traps, and you get the kind of like the upgrade to secret bases with things you could set up in the underground. You could mine down there for items and shards and stuff like that. The Poketch, depending on how you want to look at it, that was an addition we got i believe um radar hunting for shinies at that time too so we had a new way to shiny hunt with uh, radar chaining no shiny charm yet that won't come for like another generation but those are at least off the top of my head those are the improvements we're getting in addition to all the pokemon the music the region you
0: also forgot that this is also the most pressing most desired game in today's day and age, in which the day we record this, this is all I've been hearing about for the last five months. Is diamond and pearl because the remakes are on on the you know the brink of happening.
1: Many years into the future, we get the remakes of Gen Four. We're gonna hear nothing but people complaining about wanting Gen Five remakes. So yeah, that, it's just I'm waiting for
0: the Gen it. Eight remakes <laughs> right now. Um, but so like you said, there's just graphical technical improvements, um, iconic characters right off the bat what do we have cynthia the greatest champion in all pokemon i don't really need to say much more beyond that because that's all that matters i mean we do have crasher wake and stuff like that um but the region's beautiful mount cornet we have difficulty you know there's there's more difficult situations in diamond and pearl than there are in the in the past games i feel like
1: because you actually could get kind of stuck on the elite four if you weren't prepared yeah Cynthia, again, is like one of the memorable characters. I feel like the story is something people recall a lot more. The
0: story was so detailed um, in comparison to any other story we've ever faced.
1: We got in, I believe we got the extra region. as Or not region, but like the extra section to the game post-game. I think we got it. Like, I don't think that was a platinum thing. I think we got it in this one, too. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh,
0: which, which are you talking about the... Uh,
1: the resort area?
0: Um, I think it's there because I know what we got in platinum was an add-on and that was a huge ad so we had a post
1: game I'm leaning a bit towards a B rank for these guys
0: you're gonna go B
1: I'll do B I I'm between a and B but again because I know what's coming what's coming I would probably put above C these guys
0: I think that's the thought process is we know what's coming so we want to put it in B but I still got to put it in a Because everything they did and like we had a champion that was like a memorable character, like when you face blue at the end or when you run into a red at Mount, Mount, uh, Mount silver. Cynthia is so critical and just the success of these games as a character, it's it's crazy. Because think of all the people at the conventions and everyone who wanted to cosplay as her, and and the birth of Garchomp, one of the most fan favorite Pokemon we 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 have. And I want me by, me being biased, yes, one of my favorites. Not to mention again the music, uh, Dawn. Dawn is a f- a female character that everyone loves that you could be um, and whatnot. So I'm gonna put this at A. Just because this was the first start of really doing what you said in Gen 2 where people are walking around and people are being, uh, you know, more involved in the story. Well, this was a full-fledged story. And this is the first time we ever had that. Um, And the evil team, I think because it was such a better evil team than than Ruby and Sapphire, you kind of have to give it to them the huge nod too. Um, I got to go with A. I think it has to be placed in A, because it's not the perfect game, but man, it set the building blocks for the perfect game.
1: I'll concede, and I'll give it to you with A, um, only using it as brownie points that I might use for later. But yeah, I will go ahead and go with, yeah, I can put it in A. I feel comfortable with that yeah, one.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, you think of the other ones, and it's you could see why they're placed where they're placed, but it's like yeah. Emerald we remember Emerald Emerald was perfect and that was such better than the Ruby and the Sapphire and see that raised the bar for the next generation. So this generation just carried over from that, but we also know that it's going to get better. So you had to kind of put it on the same tier as Emerald. Um, then we get our, our, uh, our third installment of the game, which introduced um, Garatina as a focal point. And with them, we also get the distortion world added, um, and that was a huge, huge
1: addition. Forms, because at least like Giratina would be able to have like two different forms mm-hmm. based on items. I don't think we saw that yet. And then Shaman and too, wasn't it? I was about to ask. Like, I can't remember if those were those events were a Platinum thing or was it like a Gen Four thing with Diamond and Pearl? Because we, even though we didn't get them stateside. There was full-fledged stories with you finding the mythicals when it came to Shaman, when it came to Arceus. There was music, areas, and like, if you didn't have internet access at the time, you probably would not have known about these. Because they were just such exclusive events, and it's a really big shame that, you know, we didn't get them. Which, it would have been awesome if we had a chance to do those events. I mean if and when we get the remakes, I mean, they'll probably include them because there's, there's no reason
0: why not. Shaman was platinum alongside Garatina. So, or not uh, Dark Cry, So, so
1: yeah, Sh- Shaman was uh platinum. Yeah, so for the mythicals in that case, I mean, we, again, even though it's something we didn't see here stateside, that wasn't included in the game and again, it introduced these new little story bits and lore that you could kind of enjoy and follow. Plus, we got another battle frontier, with again new new content, new ways for you to kind of battle things. Like I think it was like the battle arcade, the um, I think it was the battle hall. I remember doing the arcade a lot because I always thought it was kind of fun. It's like you're leaving your fate to a wheel, whether you get a boost or you know something is going to be endurance. I love the challenge. I thought that to was going kind of to be a cool mechanic. Yeah, it takes what we know and improves upon it. So. Also, We're either looking at this being in the A rank or going up to an S.
0: Oh, um, without a doubt, it's going to the S rank. Uh, it was the most complete game at the time. And it gave us something very Mew like because a lot of us I don't think we ever got the event stateside. No, like I was R- saying Arceus. We
1: never got those.
0: Yeah, Arceus just think we had Arceus in this generation. Yeah, that's, it has to be an S. There's just, it's way too perfect as a game, top to bottom, to where like even now you can go back and play it happily and not complain. Like I was saying about now, it's kind of hard to go decide, say, hey, I want to play red and blue because of the graphical limitations and stuff. Yeah. Just everything like that. Like Platinum is that game that you could be like, I want to replay it right now. It's it's perfectly fine. It's it's really good. And it's,
1: and it's hard to think about going to Sinnoh and like not going to like the Distortion World or not going to the Battle Frontier because those were such big add-ons when we got to Platinum. So yeah, yeah, I I would agree with putting it at S.
0: But then with every generation, we have learned there's becomes a remake,
1: which is going to be a trend that's going to follow from here on out and. Except for Gen 5. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, um, the next remakes would be Heart Gold, Soul Silver, which a um, vast majority of the community will say that these are S Class or like SS Class or best remakes ever created.
0: Okay, this one has to be the quickest. Walking Pokemon, no matter which Pokemon you got, you can tra- transfer over Pokemon from different regions into this game. Uh, The quality of life, the improvements graphically, uh, audio-wise, it sounded amazing.
1: The Pokewalker was an introduction as well with this game. The most
0: accurate pedometer you forgot to add. Ironically
1: so. You would not think (laughs) a video game would create that. (laughs) The most accurate pedometer.
0: Um, I'm going to knock this out real quick. I usually kind of go against the grain on some things, or I have hard takes. But Heart Gold Soul Silver is S tier. I don't think there's really any there's nothing you can nitpick in this game. Um, do I think it's better than Platinum? I don't think so because it doesn't have that story the way platinum has, but it is an S tier game. It just it, it was so crisp, it was so perfect. It it literally followed the momentum of platinum and just improved or they gave the fans what they wanted that they were missing in platinum, like the the following partner and whatnot
1: which again some of these features would be things that people will beg for in like future generations and sometimes we get it sometimes we don't yeah but yeah i'll go ahead and give that to you as well putting those guys at s class and at the time of us recording this this is another one where people are really thinking that this is going to be a remake that we get but we'll see we'll see still are still in the ds era but going on to generation five. Yeah, so our first wave will be black and white. Catchy theme song if you watch the anime. Oh, or at God. least the theme song was I, the catchy part I of I, it, love the, I, love, I love
0: the <laughs> anime theme song. Let's not, let's not lie now. Um, but as far as the game goes, we were introduced to Seasons. We were introduced to um, a evil team that was on par with Team Rocket.
1: That's a very, like, interesting like moral question (laughs) until you find out what their true intentions are at least at the start it's like a pretty meaningful question at the beginning and you saw more interaction with these guys um region was pretty big had a lot of interesting locales like you said it can alter with the region so it gave you kind of an excuse to like go back to like certain routes and stuff just to see how much they would change you know versus you know being in the summertime versus the autumn season um we got introduced to things like uh, triple battles and rotation battles if that was a thing you wanted to try um not fan favorite ideas from what i've seen did it ever stick um i think it did for like the next generation but after that i don't believe so
0: yeah i was about to say i don't remember the rotation battles sticking the triple battles and stuff. Yeah,
1: I th- I think it was only for like gen 5 and then maybe I a part of gen 6, but that was it. But that saying it's in gen 6 is a stretch. Yeah,
0: I, I don't I like, don't think it was there. I'm
1: not. A, yeah. Um I, Oh yeah, gen 6 gets something else, but we'll talk about that one later. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um Would you call N a fan favorite character? He's memorable.
0: N is one of the most popular characters uh just based on who he is and the lore behind him. And n's not one of my personal favorites but n is like cynthia where you talk about the greatest characters in the pokemon franchise in totality you have your red you have your blue you have your lance you have your cynthia you have n you have giovanni and then we whoever we can insert going forward because i think there's only maybe one more um but he, N N is definitely. I mean, think of how many trading cards this guy gets in different sets. Like N is N is yeah. very popular. <laughs> I
1: don't think some of those cards were like weren't they like? I don't think it was N, but at least like the Team Plasma cards got their own like series in the TCG as well. Oh,
0: Plasma Storm, Plasma Freeze. I my favorite sets, and I was never into black and white. But when I started picking up TCG cards in 2011, again those were those were the sets and i i loved every single one of them gen 5 introduced a very very uh, this the story was not gen 4 it was deeper than that gen 5 you also didn't have those returning pokemon until the very 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 final moment of the game in which you can start moving them they didn't give yeah, you anybody like- um, it was... Gen
1: five kept its world pretty. It kept the world isolated to only focus on the Gen five Pokemon. And then, like you said, after you beat the game, they introduced the idea of hey, they getting the national decks and you bringing back your past Pokemon. Though, if you're gonna transfer them over, it was a little clunky going from things like your cartridges and having to do that like awkward mini game. That was the only downside to it, though. So, Alder as the
0: champion um we had n we had gets uh pokemon think of like the memorable pokemon too like at this point i know darmanitan's a favorite the the genies reshiram and zekrom themselves because i don't think we got victini or anything until the part two
1: no you could get it in part one Oh, okay uh, you, i think it was there was Ge- an event it was where... genesec
0: that was part two um
1: yeah that might have been it but no i remember because i remember doing the event like as soon as i could to get that victini
0: but we got we got um Oshawat this generation right
1: yep Oshawat, tepik and snivy which no one cares I about the of other of two starters <laughs> it was always the, you know, the starters were not as memorable for a lot of people as they were in past games I think they're fine. I mean Oshawat's my favorite, oh, but. I
0: think I think they're fine too. Uh I, I love all the sets of the starters. I think they all play their role perfectly, and I think they're they're good representations of each region. But Oshawat was yeah. the only one that got that massive nod where Oshawa got the, the heavy praise, I think, out of that region. Um I'm gonna just go right off the bat because I want to get into to part two. Uh I'm going to actually not put this on A tier. I'm gonna put this on B tier. Because it is a great game, but it didn't match what platinum left
1: off. I would agree with you. Like it's not the level that we've like, kind of established with what we have in A rank, but it's not below like what we have at C rank. So I would be happy putting it middle tier of the game so far. Yeah. Which, as you said, now we go into Um, not the remake or the sequel for the first time that we get, um, black two, white two. So
0: here's (laughs) how it is. And this is how it was presented to me. Uh, when I actually went back and started playing, when I got back into Pokemon, it was right at the end of this life cycle going into gen six. I was told black and white two were the continuation of black and white told five years in the future. So it's still the same storyline at this point. Just, cleaned up where colrus and everyone figures it out and is figuring it out iris is now champion uh and iris is a memorable character and, and herself uh as well the story improves dramatically um they reintroduce older pokemon uh
1: you start out differently and see the region differently yeah as well it's not the same route it's here's a new section and I know in Black and White there was like a whole like third of the continent that you didn't explore during the main story, but when you got to Black and White Two, you actually go through that like whole yeah. section that was like kind of tapered off as like post-game content, and then you guys you got to kind of see it. Plus, other little features we got were things like the grottos where you can find. I think you had better shiny odds. You had ch- chances to find rarer Pokemon in them. Yeah, we got the uh, World Tournament as well. Amazing.
0: Edition.
1: Past trainer lets you battle past trainers, past gym leaders, past champions. I think you could even download data to be able to fight um world champions and stuff from the real world and fight their teams. Um if you wanted to do the well I no, this one came out in black and white. Um the dream world, you had that connectivity where you can send your Pokemon and play with them on your computer and get Pokemon with like hidden abilities that you can transfer back over to your game and enjoy. And with Black and White 2, if you finished Black and White and your game could recognize the data on the memory card, you got little side stories, you were able to catch some of like N's Pokemon. Like The story continued, and if depending on what you did in like your past, you could see where some of these characters went, because we would see some gym leaders would not return, some would retire, some would keep their posts. Like I said, it's a continuation of a story.
0: But the story matured so much. um, And the fact that they kind of reverted back a little bit as well. So they tried to basically have a reset with part one where our region, our 100, and it was like 159 or 160 something new Pokemon. And you can't have any of your old friends with you. Until the very, 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 very end. Uh, this one they let they have them around. You you're able to, yeah. to bring them in and stuff. Um, and like you said, it's just the continuation. Everything's a natural progression, and uh, the story's just more detailed. Um, everything just felt nicer and crisper and had the more had a bigger sense of importance
1: at this point. Yeah, they continue the trend of like the main characters or like. The more important characters played a role in the story. Like the gym leaders, you saw them interact more in the environment. That's kind of like lead up to the gym battles and stuff.
0: And you needed them so in you, this story to go yeah, against like they came it, and so
1: Yeah, they saved you as well once you got to like the spoilers. But I mean, we're not going to say too much. But there's it's a certain part of the story. It's over 10 years old, butt, Albert.
0: So yeah. <laughs> it's over 10 years
1: old. You, you say that, but there's always that group of people that'll complain. So just to keep them quiet. All right. Hey, guys. But yeah, spoiler
0: the Titanic sink. It did. Oh, you didn't see that? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but but I'm I'm ready to to, to hop into the next one. Uh, but I'm gonna give this an A rank. Or no, no, I'm giving this an S rank. Just because of how detailed and how mature it is. And it, it 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 got the nice platinum component where it it perfected the game, even though it wasn't anything drastically new it just improved and added little things and it also gave you something which no other region has or generation has given you which is a finale of a story
1: yeah it's i would agree that it's above but i don't think i would put it at s tier i would put it at a cuz it adds new but it's not greatly greatly different enough for me to say let's put it at s rank but i would i would put it at an a for sure
0: all right we can we can agree on a now here is where I'm excited about, but I'm gonna throw it's gonna it's this is me being honest about everything. We're taking a dive into the three-dimensional world of Kalos in Gen 6 going
1: to 3d <laughs>
0: and we go to the 3ds it's the first installment. Um, we get introduced to the smallest decks. Uh, we have the best online system ever in the GTS and all that. Um, yeah,
1: with the YCOM.
0: The YCOM and everything. Uh, EV training was fun. It was interactive. It was amazing. Uh, we had uh, Mega Evolutions, which is either everyone's favorite or people can live without it. Um,
1: which you say, you do say the decks is small, but... If you think of the mega forms as being their own thing, then that kind of pads out the decks. But it, again, it depends on how you want to view r- it.
0: Though. Real quick, though Mega evolutions are new forms, but are they new Pokemon? Sure. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like the deck size is smaller based on new faces we get because the Mega evolutions are just retelling of the
1: familiar faces we have. Um, and it does kind of give, like, make some more po- Pokemon more memorable because. Nobody really used Mawile, but at the time Mega Mawile was super popular. Mm-hmm. And same thing with like Kangaskhan, where Kangaskhan became super popular and was going to be the bane of people's existence for the online game or online battles for a good while.
0: Yeah. Most beautiful region, in my opinion.
1: Some of the best music. Very different. They included like all sorts of like sections from the beach to like a bog to an autumn forest to you know a really bustling city really giant probably one of the biggest cities we have had in a pokemon game when it came to lumiose um they streamlined a lot of things streamlined or shiny hunting became streamlined uh breeding became a lot simpler to do
0: we got rid of uh tms too didn't we
1: yeah well and gen, uh, gen five that was a gen five oh, thing, okay i believe which is my more points gen five anyways but yeah. still
0: with every amazing thing there's bound to be a problem and the story, the lore with the legendaries, the, the infamous Zygarde, just given there.
1: There's potential, but it's not realized. That's the detriment to the generation. That That is the one
0: region. If it ever needed a story told five years in the future, that's it. That game is the biggest potential. And the biggest waste of space, too, all in the same time. Like, it's just so disappointing. Everything they gave us, and think about it, that was the rebirth of Pokemon popularity. There was basically the reintroduction reintroduction of Gen 1, because the way they introduced this region was, here's Mega Mewtwo Y, here's Mega Charizard X, here's Mega Charizard Y, here's uh, new faces, and we're in 3D. They let you know that Gen 1 was going to play heavy favorites here in this region. And it brought everyone back full circle. That time had elapsed. It's time to come home. So your drop-offs from Gen 3, 4, and 5, because a lot of people were falling out at this point. A lot of people weren't around. A lot of the original Gen 1, 2 people fell off, like myself. They brought us back. The story, though, was just terrible. I love the evil team. I love Lysander. I love Xerneas. It's one of my favorite legendaries ever just by design and everything. And it gave me Greninja, which is one of my favorite Pokemon of all time and Talonflame. The thing is it, the story was so bad. It just, it was so rushed and AZ is a phenomenal character, but it was rushed and we're just kind of left in limbo. I'm going to just rank this right now just cause it, it I'm bitter about it, but I got to give this thing a B rank or a C rank and it's, it is what it is.
1: I wouldn't go as low as a C. I could meet you with a B. Okay. Because I don't. It's it's not enough for me to say it's an S or an A. The potential, the lost potential, is what knocks it down from the A rank for me. Because just to like see like, oh, there's this whole power plant in the distance and like make it seem like you can visit it, but you can't. They don't do much with Zygarde until like a future generation where they could have had this whole thing where. Him being like the big thing you needed to stop Team Flare, but there's so much else that they do to like make things a lot better, like the online interface, the streamlining of features, to where I would not put it at a C, I would put it at a B. All
0: right, so we can agree on B, but then here comes yeah. IGN's favorite game with too much water again, as we re we revisit Hoen with a much more beautiful, modernized look. Um, they even redid Mawville and Sea Maaville. Like yep. they 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 renovated it. It wasn't the same game. You got it wasn't a complete rip remake. They did some editing. They did some stuff. We got introduced to Soaring. We had our secret bases again, where your friends could. Uh, you know, interact with you, and then you could set up trainings like that. I remember some of the secret bases that had three blissies, and you just knock them out and get all your oh, ESPs. Yeah. Those would help you level fast, fast. And uh, again, we had the Hoopa story because someone leaked Hoopa was in X and Y's code, but we got it in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. So you had the warp holes where you had to soar on the, the Eon flute with um, Latios and Latias, with Mega Latios and Latias.
1: What's a new feature? Being able to like fly over the whole region because it, it was mostly fun. just like eh, tap and go. Yeah, it was fun. And you can encounter you can encounter Pokemon while you're actually traveling. We got the the Dex Nav, which I thought was pretty awesome. Having like that screen that would show me like what Pokemon were in each route, and that was like my checklist to know that okay, I'm done with this route. It helps um, shiny hunting as that well. That is a
0: very underrated feature, I think. I think that feature needs to come back. I loved that feature. I think it helped out because remember, it gave you a star rating system, let you know if you're going to get mm-hmm. something good. Uh, you saw the shakes in the grass and stuff. And I know with everything going overworld now, but it would still be nice to kind of have that little deck snab thing where it's like, okay, should I catch this, this wild, you know, uh Corviknight just out and about if it's a one star rating, Or something, you know what I'm saying? Like it gave you the heads up and what to look for and what was giving you the best option. Um, I feel that's super underrated, uh, and we need to somehow have that back in like our current games. Um, Was there anything really memorable about it other than the crisper look, the legendary finding the legendaries? Because I was telling you yesterday, I love. Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphires um, soaring and finding it because you got to explore and you got to find these little like different legendaries and the legendaries also got specific spots, uh, very similar to the it, original ones. It helped ones. you yeah.
1: get the legendaries from past games instead of you having to like buy all these old games. Like if this was like one of your first Pokemon games, it was improved for you, so you didn't have to like go back to past past generations. So it helped you in that aspect yeah. as well um memorable moments um it wasn't emerald but they took an idea and built the delta episode which is like post-game content but the only downside of the delta emerald was it's a lot of revisiting old areas in that game like it wasn't a new section you got to check out. It was a new story and a new character character with a really really awesome battle theme. Oh, Zinnia is a great
0: character. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Best one of the best battle themes period.
1: Yeah, so we got that aspect with it. So it it added on to what we knew from Gen 3 and it's it improved things we got from X and Y like it took the ideas of the Ycom and kind of built on it with the decks now where you can like actually like, Fine trainers um a lot easier you could tag or i think what was it the street pass was how you got the eon ticket so you can go catch i think it was the other lati in your game i think that's how it worked i'm trying to remember but yeah there was a lot of improvements over real you know, what we've gotten x and y or some things that were altered so there's a little bit more easier for us to do yeah but again it's still the same story with a couple little add-ons yeah where would you rank it with those two, I would I wouldn't put them at C. I would either put them in A or B. It's not high enough to be able A. To do.
0: It's not high enough to be A. It it just it's the same story with a couple different features,
1: new bits. Yeah,
0: it's not it's not classification of A for me. Um, I know I I enjoy it. It's it's the same thing as X and Y. Like I love Gen Six in totality. But in complete unbiased honesty, I just, it, it's B or C for me, but I guess we're meeting at B.
1: I would be, meet you at a B because I think they take the ideas from X and Y and do better on it. That's the only reason, or one of my think is wanting to put it on A, but it's still a lot of like what we've known. Like it's not like a drastic change from the story, and it doesn't take too many, too many like dramatic turns or surprise twists or adds on. Like, yeah a whole new battle frontier or something like that. So yeah, I, I would agree. I will meet you at B.
0: Now, 20 years later, we get to visit the nice, sorry, Siri, I wasn't talking to you. Um, oh, she, she has her own opinions too. You know, I, I didn't ask Siri. This is not her show. This is our show. 20th anniversary comes rolling around in 2016 and we get the huge announcement of Pokemon sun and moon. And it is a region in which we've never explored before. And it's a format, which is completely new. We don't have our eight gym badges or our eight gyms. Uh, at the point at the time they announced that there was not a Pokemon League constructed. Remember that's and that's also told in the story. Um, yep. We have totems, we have four islands in a weird way. It's the biggest region, but it's almost like each island is its own region. It's it's the weirdest thing
1: yeah and it's a different locale with alola it's a different approach to a story instead of it being the 10 year old kid that's going off on a journey to collect eight gym badges it's like oh it's a rite of passage that even though you're brand new to this region like you're not a native alolan you are going on this like rite of passage to go through these totems go on like your own journey and complete the island trials and other things that we get with this generation too is the first introductions of things like uh regional variants which is a feature i really like i like the opportunity they give like old pokemon that might get pushed off and faded into like to history like a chance for new life because like it was awesome seeing things like pokemon like vulpix get like a return to the spotlight like Alolan Vulpix and Ninetales, I think, were competitively viable for a while. It was kind of cool to see some of the ideas they took, like with um, using the region's lore to inspire the design with things like Marowak, having now like a fire and ghost typing because it's more tribal in this area. But I love that addition to the game. The story was a little cheesy at moments, but it did tell the new take on the idea of a parent abusing their children and kind of like the fallout of what happens with that. And the evil team uh, is a little bit more lighthearted though. Then again, depending on how, which one you want to see is evil team. I mean, team skull was a different take on kind of like the villains that you fight until you meet like the, and then the Aether foundation. I mean, I guess maybe and Aether, Aether might be more stereotypical villain once you like learn the truth about them. But uh, it was kind of like, I, I like seeing the more lighthearted with a uh, team skull.
0: I'm going to just run through this. Uh, Gen 7 has to be my least favorite gen. I think it was disappointing. Um, I know what they did, and I understand the gamble and what they tried to do, and they tried to do something different. But my biggest argument with this is you don't try to switch the whole formula up on the 20th anniversary. You just don't. That was a really bad move, in my opinion, because if you're trying to celebrate 20 years – you almost want to go to what you did at the beginning and let people go through it. If you want to do that in Gen 6, we're fine. But the 20th anniversary, people come back to celebrate things. And when people pick up the games, they're like, this isn't the Pokemon I love. What is this? No, people lost interest. Uh, lucky for Gen 7, that Pokemon Go came out. Or I guarantee there would be a significant drop-off in fans just because of that that change
1: and trying to sell us that on an anniversary year so i can kind of see where you want to keep things the same but i like the fact that they took a chance and they tried something different it's it's a weird combo because it's not the gym system but it's almost similar with the trial captains acting as the gym leaders like alola's got more of this like connected with their culture feel so in the sense that it helps with the story and it's like it's familiar it's not drastically different which we've at this point we've done the boy leaves home or girl goes beats the eight gym leaders takes down the evil team takes down the champion Woohoo! you're the champion so we this round have a story that's rooted in that idea but it's different and we see this like culture growing to the point to where it's there's a backstory of well we want to be as competitive as the other regions like that's what they're kind of like the picture they're trying to paint overall is like we want to be recognized as you know we have some tough trainers here in Alola too yeah so I like that that's aspect a- it's it's like if if I keep reading the same story over and over and over I get bored so I like that they tried something new
0: I understand that and I really really understand it. But on such a critical anniversary year, and when fans, when you're when think about it, the twentieth anniversary was the first anniversary that they did where they pumped out and they threw it all at us.
1: Yeah, we can, like we got this Pokemon is a celebration that, we,
0: that we've made it. We've made it this far as a franchise and as a community. So those fans that were there at the very beginning, or maybe fell off at of Gen Four or whatever, when they come back you i don't i don't think you should have changed it up like that i get what you're saying and i agree with what you're saying i just think it was such a i know it's not wrong in my opinion it was a wrong move for them to do it on such a uh, like a historic anniversary when people come back to this and people are like have a new sparked interest for this game or for this for this uh community and for you know this this company and then the, the games that come out that year they're like I'm so excited for this because this 20 years later I can play a game that I love and it's totally different from what they remember that it's like mm, they're doing too much because some people don't follow that progression the way s- most of us in the community do yeah but for those casual fans and for those people who want to come back and honor it and celebrate it because it was so important to their childhood and for for their fond memories for it to be different, I, I, I see it as a, as a bad move. Like if they see if, so if they did this with the, the, the part two of this generation, but let's say Jen, the, the first part was the original eight gyms, but then let's say there was something completely wrong with the Aether Foundation and the wormholes and stuff that happened in this part, first part, that when you do the ultra sun and ultra moon, then you go into the trials. That would be brilliant because you protect the, the the fan base for the people who are celebrating the 20th anniversary. But then you have your mind, idea and you're, you're wanting to try something new on the back end of the generation you want to try it in
1: anyways. True. The only thing is I feel like you have to do something new from the get-go because if you stick to the old formula from the beginning, people are going to see that beginning part more and kind of gravitate towards it. And I think this is another talk for like the main show because we don't want to dwell on it too much here. Yeah. I feel like for the 20th anniversary, they may have even leaned to like a remake of Gen 1 because it was so big and if you really want to go with the familiarity, that's what you would do even though it's retreading old ground and we're going to get to a remake a little in a little bit later but
0: Oh yeah. For
1: the sake of new, I like this one at that point in time. Yeah. Cause I feel like the alternative would have been, we would just would have got a remake of gen one, which I mean, like I said, we're going to get to that in a bit, but that would have been, you make uh, fair points. Yeah. So to me, I would probably put it at a B for sun and moon. Cause we did get other features too. Like we got a SOS battling. Um, we took a step back um, in like internet connectivity wise with the festival plaza Oh, it was an interesting idea, but it was just too clunky. And I feel like a lot of the features and like rewards you can get Mm -hmm. that they would try later just got lost because nobody. The Festival Plaza wasn't as streamlined as what we got with, you know, um, X and Y and Omega Ruby off of Sapphire. So I would probably put it in a B rank.
0: Okay, hear me out. And this is not me trashing the region because I don't like Gen 7. The reason I want to put this as a C rank is because Sun and Moon were the quickest I've ever seen the Pokemon community just drop a game. Like, they beat it, and then there really wasn't continuation with it. Like, think of how long people played Omega, Ruby, Alpha, Sapphire, and X and Y. They replayed it over and over and over, did free-for-all battles, did all sorts of stuff. And then with Sun and Moon, they beat it, and then you would see the occasional PokeTuber, like, one out of every seven to ten do a shiny hunt but like there was no life with Sun and Moon it it was just it was what it was but Sun and Moon gave us some of the greatest character development of all time with Lily and, and How, How and everything and just it had a great story amazing music beautiful region but just it was one of those games where it didn't have legs under it I'm gonna put this at C just just hear me out. I'm going to put this at C because they do make the game have a larger quality of life with part two of Sun and Moon.
1: You know what? If we're going to go with that aspect, I could live with that. Putting that one at the C rank and then what we're going to get in the second part yeah. Yeah. is enough to boost it up. So I'll, I can go with that. I, I believe we got these before we got the next wave so yeah we went from sun and moon to not necessarily a black and white two scenario this was a ultra sun ultra moon which it's the story of sun and moon with a few tweaks here and there and a new feature in the form of wormholes where you could use that as a way to hunt for past legendaries hunt for the ultra beasts which was like a new idea introduced in this generation um shiny hunting was kind of teased a little bit easier for like the new people coming in or people that were interested with shiny hunting but didn't want to commit because it can be a grind as a shiny hunter i can tell you it can be a grind we had a way to like some shinies through the wormholes were easier so that would entice you to maybe want to try sos or encounter hunting yeah um things with ultra sun and ultra moon was this was probably a first moment where i know a lot of people were thinking this could have been the first time we did dlc because you could essentially kind of take the element the story elements that were added and connect them to sun and moon and at this time it was
0: the same game essentially it was cut and paste
1: and at this point in time we had the means and technology to be able to do dlc we had that ability at that time so I know we got the rainbow rockets, which um, I feel like you could do that as a DLC, and start it off with like Necrozma being like disturbed, and it just be like a cut of a cutscene where you're trying to figure okay what's wrong with Necrozma. You see him attacking your legendary, taking over. You chase after him, get introduced to the wormholes, do that whole story element, and then like once you complete like the wormholes, you know, get Necrozma to chill with his new forms then you could introduce the element like well what made him go crazy in the first place like oh it's giovanni's messing with the time like the time loops and stuff with the wormholes that set all these chains off okay now we got to go stop team rainbow rocket to make sure this doesn't happen anymore so i feel like you could have done that with ultra sun and ultra moon
0: i agree um we also got the battle tree in ultra sun and ultra moon
1: i thought we got that in sun and moon too because there's a whole point more in in
0: ultra sun and ultra moon
1: yeah i think it's because we got more like play out of it because that was the more recent version of the game so i'm gonna look it wild.
0: up right now but I feel, um
1: i feel like we got it in sun and moon as well
0: we did get the battle tree in pokemon sun and moon but we didn't get all the familiar faces until yeah, Ultra sun we and got Ultraman.
1: red and blue and some pastries yeah. coming in that was like the main selling point to the battle tree so it took what we got and then made some improvements Again, we could have gone DLC that that wise. But using that logic, we would put it above Sun and Moon. And say that would be a B tier game.
0: It would be B. Um, Because they still face the same problem that Sun and Moon did. That the the playability, the legs under the game were not there. Um, And like you said, it was such a cut and paste game that the add-ons that they did add on were things that you could have done dlc so it kind of rubbed people the wrong way because you just paid yeah. 60 dollars again or well, at the time 40 dollars for yeah. a brand new game and you're just like mm, it was the same exact game um and you know there's a reason i don't like gen 7 and i mean that's basically why uh but not to to root not to trash the region or whatever. But this is going to be the first... Like you said, there is a remake in this game, and I'm just going to say, this is going to be the first game on the D tier, and I do not care. I think visiting this place too many times, trying to change up the catch mechanic to be hokey because everyone got into the, the spirit of the app, but we had Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. Which... in Oh, let's let's go
1: with what what, what we would have done for other region. Let's go with what they added. So we Meltan. got the oh well, yeah. So we got more time events with Pokemon Go with Meltan being introduced in this weird way after Community Day, drumming up the hype. And then we learned about the whole Meltan box. You know the importance of using the Safari Zone. We got a new catch mechanic that was very unique and different. Some elements return. I mean, battles were still the same. Um, your partner was different this round. He wasn't the Bulbasaur, was the Charmanders, and the Squirtles that we've gotten a billion times at this point. Still the same story. A couple little tweaks here and there where you got to like meet certain members of like, the Elite Four. Um, we got the Pokeball Plus as a add-on that you can use to play this game. Um, it's got a lot of usage if you play Pokemon Go as a way for you to be able to play without you actually having to be looking at your phone, like if you're on a run or anything like that. Um, For what it is, I like the idea of the games being used as the connecting point. And I've said this on the show a lot before too, as this is a... To me, the games are good as introductories for someone that's brand new to the series that's never played a Pokemon game. Like, it's... You take out things like... I know it's controversial to take out things like abilities and I don't, I can't remember if they had natures or not. I think they did in this game too, but
0: they had um, natures.
1: Yeah. So like you took out some of the more complex elements to make it simpler. So like I've had friends, I mean, you've talked about it too, where they use this as a way to introduce Pokemon to their kids. And when they get the concepts, they can go on to try something a little bit more challenging in the sense of like, sun and moon or at that time before we got yeah I mean you could get sun and moon or ultra sun and ultra moon and eventually sword and shield that we'll get to a little bit down the road but I like them as that point as being connector so I would not put them at the bottom tier what hurts it is it is again a return to Kanto and we've already done this twice this is the third time
0: hear me out I understand connecting it it's the first game on the switch it 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 it's a good segue going into Gen 8. It is a reintroduction. It's visiting. Ge- but the problem I have with it is. You're introducing it. In a way that is different. So. You evolve Gen 1. In Gen 3. You revisit Kanto in Gen 3. And you make these progressions. So. More into the future. We. Switch up the formula, remove some of the progressions, and then we start taking things out that were not a part of either game. This honestly was not nothing more than a let's capitalize on the fact that Pokemon Go was popular. So we will try that catch mechanic and let's just give them an aesthetically beautiful version of the generation that started it all. It's again one of those things where it's not replayable. It is what it is. It's done. Like, it's washed. Because if it is a tier, why would you make these drastic changes of the the catch mechanic not being able to do certain battle things? And if this is going to be the introductory to the season, well, you're about to have a rude awakening once you hit Sword and Shield because it's nothing like it. It's the thing that sh- that it's a great introductory for your kids, For your kids to play so they can feel like they're doing what you're doing. And I understand Pokemon is a kid's game. But that is so different than what the main thing is. That the generation 7 is the experimental generation. And there's a reason why it's not in high regards. Because a lot of it doesn't stick. And they're, they're poking holes that they don't commit to. And that's what we've learned. Like the 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 islands and everything like that and trying to get out of the 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 gym hierarchy to go to a championship and then even just the the battling the intensity of the battling and the catching and how you have to weaken a pokemon to to uh catch it and stuff all these things in gen 7 they wanted wanted to touch with clearly none of them sticked for gen 8 or stuck for gen 8 so that's why I'm putting let's go at the very bottom because it is a revisit for the third time beautiful sounds amazing it looks awesome it's great for introductory to kids but it's 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 one of those casual things you do with your kids or do with friends but you can't there's no legs under it it doesn't go anywhere either because it doesn't go into sword and shield at all it's completely different
1: Mm, I could see that the only alternative I would see is imagine this world where you they still introduced a game in the let's go ideal but they said it was like a new region with like not new pokemon old pokemon coming back and them using this as the way to like introduce people to pokemon i see more people getting angry and ragey going that route because they think that's their gen 8 where they use this as the flagship to we can use this as an introductory point and it's familiar it's something in the series and people aren't going to get like all ragey and mad, which I mean, they're, they're still going to do it either way, but I feel like using the familiar route is safer than the it backlash you It doesn't make it a good got. game though.
0: It doesn't make it a good game though. That's the problem. Like it's, it's, it's one of those games that collects dust. It, it sits there and that's not just me. Cause I mean, I'll speak for me, but when you look at it, no one talks about it in the vein of main series games. It's there. But no one talks about it. It sits there. If we get a Let's Go Johto and this becomes like a sub-series within the main series and it progresses and we get the other region remakes that way, kind of, I think I'm willing to move it up over time. But as of right now, it sits. It's at the bottom. You've visited which, this place too many times. You've you've given it you've given it too many opportunities. You you make progressions, then you pull it away. You try to do all these new things, which the only new thing they got, which aren't really new things, was the following of the characters. We ended up getting that to stick because that did go to Gen Eight, and then that was the way they showed us overworld Pokemon displayed. But the game itself is not a good game. It is, it's not a good game. You don't go back and replay that. Like, unless you have a child who you want, or your niece and your nephew, and you want to introduce them and say, hey, you want to play Pokemon with me because I play, this is a game we could play together because it's a two-player co-op with the Joy-Cons and stuff. The game's on, like, it's not desirable. You could just look at the community, look at the pulse. This game has to be the only tier, D tier game there is. Because it is what it is.
1: I wouldn't put it at D. I would put it at C. Like it's not enough. It's at the bottom,
0: bro. This is is the one where we have to. This is the one where we're going to argue. But it's going to be D. And you could ask the fans and they'll say the same thing. Yes, it is. Like we said, we will give it all the pros that it, it does. But to sit there in the vein of a mainline game and it be so obscure for a remake and you do all these progressive things and then take them all out for this game. And then you try to say this is the bridge gap from Gen 7 into Gen 8. And it's not even remotely like Gen 8 <clears throat> nor Gen 7, really. It's its it's it's its own entity. But it's the least desired because no one talks about it. No one cared about it. It had the same effect as Sun and Moon where once it was done, it was done. Like, that's it. People were ready for the next thing. Like, there was no replayability for it. And that's just what happened with Sun and Moon. And that's what happened with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. The replayability just did not happen. And that's with with the community at large. Like, you go fire up Twitter, you go look at things, people will, will just let it go wayside. It's there. It was fun. It was nice to see that region portrayed that way and to look that beautiful. And you hear those songs, like, remastered perfectly. But there was nothing there. There's no life in that game. That's what I'm trying to get at.
1: Which I could see that, but for something taking a chance, I will give it that boost. And then I do see this becoming a series. I don't know if we'll get them like so if consistently, it becomes but a I, series. I foresee it becoming a series. Like I okay. do predict we but will get a let's point, go Johto. At this point we don't have one,
0: but I do point, foresee it's us a D. getting a series. At this point it's a D. The moment we get more iterations of it, we can revisit this topic. I will start moving it up because then we can start really, you know, dissecting it.
1: Yeah. But
0: for what it is and where it's placed and how it was perceived and how critics and just fans and people alike loved the idea of it when it first came out, but then it just sat. I mean, it just sat. It is what it is. It is what it is. But like, if we do get more, I, I'm willing to move it up. But it has to be a D. One of these games is a D. If not, I will put Red and Blue down there because no one goes back to Red and Blue anymore. But True. this has to this has to be D. They're, Pokemon's not batting up like batting a perfect game. They're not pitching a perfect game. Everyone has one where it's like, you know what? We tried. It just didn't work. This was it. This is their own one and only flaw. That I think they have is is let's go, and I didn't I didn't I didn't hate it I didn't hate it but it, it is what it is
1: with the caveat of this rising if this becomes a more serious like a future series then I will lean towards putting it there at the low rank for that reason but personally I would put it at a C but for the caveat and for the sake of us going through and us not being here for two hours yeah I will go ahead and concede it being
0: I just guy. hate how you you are such a Pokemon fanboy that you don't look at it statistically you don't look at it as a as a whole you're just like it's all great yay no
1: bro this is a d well, but mean, my way of thinking is like i just want to enjoy stuff like i don't want to have to like pull back the layers and think about every little point like i just love playing but we have to fun. talk
0: three hours of go news
1: yeah because i let go if you let go too then you'd be the same way
0: all i'm saying is you got to have a little bit of of not everything's perfect in this world you got you got to be real you can't be biased with everything Oh, goodness. All What's right, well, we it? well with this argument we have, it's almost as if we have swords and shields in our hands. And if you see what I did there, it was a simple transition into Generation 8 where we finally get our first full-fledged new main series game on the Switch. Not a remake, not a reintroduction, not a reimagining of a generation.
1: Our first door into Gen 8.
0: <laughs> we are now at Pokemon Sword and Shield, which we have seen so much controversy re- re- surrounding this one it it we thought gen 5 was controversial which it is within the community but this one has to be worse because we got I know we're supposed to talk about things that we got but we did see dexit we did finally get introduced to Dlc finally open world became a thing uh we the return of gyms in um, a championship tournament formula uh to to get you to the Pokemon League champions instead of the Elite 4 so we had a lot of positives and a bunch of negatives uh, people were trying to complain too much here's the other thing people were trying to complain about the the, the what was it? the rendering and the the animations of it and yeah,
1: stuff yeah i mean
0: look we were at a at an 8-bit game at one point in time i don't want to hear anything about, oh, look at, look at the, it's not HD, it's not perfect. We played 8-bit. We played 16-bit. I don't want to hear complaining. We want to go back to that? We can go back to that. All right? I think we've made such a, integral, like a, like a galaxy leaping move with graphics, okay?
1: How far we've come in 24 years at this? 23, 24 years at this point?
0: 24 years
1: and a couple months till 25. So, again, looking at what the – I mean, you pretty much had a lot of them on the uh, the ideas on the head. Like, what we got with this region, we got more connectivity with the form of things like raids and eventually the idea of max raid adventures. We got – the world, to me, is more believable. Like, if Pokemon really existed, this is how it would be treated. Like, how people would go from being, like, a kid in a small town, this is how you would grow – and find your way up to like a championship level. So like I said, the story is more believable. Um, I, I know you weren't a big fan of the music. I really enjoyed the music in this region. I love the idea that they're trying to make it a lot more streamlined and simple. Cause at this generation, it's never been eas- this easier to get into things like battling into shiny hunting. Like they had a big push for people to wanna like get into com- like the competitive scene, to like learn how to battle, how to breed. They made things so much simpler in this game to achieve pretty much, you know, whatever you're looking for. Whether you want it to be that battler, would you want to be that hunter, do you just want to enjoy the game for what it is, or just chill and play raids.
0: All I'm saying is hand-holding was an issue in Gen 6 and 7. Like, legitimate hand-holding throughout the whole game was a problem. What you're saying here is completely accurate. They made it more they made it easier to get into fields where it was more difficult for the casual person. Yeah. They didn't hold your hand necessarily in this game though, thank goodness. It was it was pretty Once
1: you once you got to the wild area, it was go. Like whatever you want to do, just go.
0: Now I wanna ask you about that real quick. Um because the story was fine. You know, the story yeah, was it's not
1: as deep as it was there. Like gen five or like um gen seven, but
0: did the wild area really take away a lot from the game? Because I know it improved and a lot of people love the wild area, but did it take away some of the quality of the game?
1: I feel like it did to an extent because they focus on making the wild area so expansive. I feel like some of the routes may have been shortened a bit because of that, where they're not as intricate and maze-like as they have been in like past, past games. Yeah. So I think it's like one of those, like, well... In order for us to be able to achieve this, you know, now open area you can walk through, we have to take away from something else. So that was the pullback, was making the routes a little bit smaller compared to what we have seen in the past. It's a give and take. I mean, for you to have to get something, you have to sacrifice somewhere. So that was the the way we feel out the scales here. Yeah. So I feel a lot of the characters became memorable. People fell in love with Sonia and Leon and Raihan. And
0: I don't think they became memorable because of the game, though. You know, that was one of those things where they became memorable based off the little mini anime series that came out and things like that. Like I don't, I don't believe it was the game. The game was very. If you weren't Leon or Chairman Rose. Or uh, Sonia, you just kind of were there. Even though they had a lot of story to build these people up, it didn't give it enough time to let that develop because you kind of, some of those side stories you kind of rush through. Like, bidet, B, B, is it, bidet, bidet is the, the, the restroom thing. I, I just uh, said bead. Bede. <laughs> yeah, Bede. Like, you know, that whole that whole number and stuff, like, I felt there was. It was kind of it was there, but then it hit you really quick, and then you're like, okay, on to the next. So it kind of sat there. They did such a good job with these characters, and they made a story for all of them, which I really liked. Um, some of them were more fleshed out than others. Some of them were quick. When I look at this game, it was so underwhelming. It was great, but underwhelming at the same time. And innovative, as we are recording this now. We didn't get a third game.
1: We got got DLCs, which expanded with what they built.
0: And now this is where we can go into this complete, because if you were just given Sword and Shield just as it is, and we never got DLC for it, Sword and Shield would probably sit at B or C, and that's just what it would be. The moment we got DLC, you got your Pokemon you missed that you loved that were a part of Dexit. You got new, you know, legendaries or mythicals or whatever they are. You got a whole new open open world to go to. And you get introduced to new characters which have amazing backstories to them. And you get the legendary stories which are amazing, which are probably the best Journey and and st- like the way you do the legendaries in in Sword and Shield, with the Crown Tundra is amazing. Better than Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, and, it's, and much better than than Sun and Moon.
1: And there's like a story that revolves around it. And again, it's not like a you got to follow the path linearly. It's here's this legends that were from this area. Go, explore them in whatever yeah. route you want to do if you want to go do other stuff you can if you want to try shiny hunting these guys you can like they introduce you to the door they swing it open go and the isle of armor made competitive battling even easier to get into and made it so accessible like the dlcs expanded so much on the story that they had written and it wasn't too long of a wait. Like normally, it's a whole year we would have had to wait for like a second game just to get things like this. But well, we basically we, did, we basically
0: it. did wait a whole year for it to be complete because we got Crown Tundra in October. Yeah, and but we
1: got um. Ila armor, armor in, in June. March. No, it was June. June. It was a summer oh, thing. Wow. I remember being a summer thing. But we got we heard about them at least in January. Yeah. And at least that summer, like it wasn't like a full like year wait for everything like we got a little halfway at the halfway mark of the year and at the end of the year we got the finished product of the st- or the finished part of the story pretty much
0: yeah they also improved the music in the dlcs i just want to say that because you said i didn't like the music the music improved vastly with the dlcs i love the crown tundra's music
1: and like all the concepts they added make me wonder like excited okay where can we go from here because the jump to a new console can always be sh- like a little shaky because it's new, it's different. But now that we have some groundwork laid out, there's a foundation to build on for the future. And we'll see. Like, I For the future games, I'm hoping we get something like a wild area, just maybe more improved. Maybe not such a big wild spot, but like a little bit smaller ones, but still open areas to explore you've got, I mean, we got Dynamaxing, which I mean, a lot of people dropped off with Z moves, but a lot of people seem to like Dynamaxing. Now, is that better than Megas? I mean, that's a topic for the show, our main show. Dynamaxing
0: was, was Dynamaxing is a much better formula than, than Z moves. I think Yeah. that, that, that I agree with. And, uh, Dynamaxing is such a great way to just incorporate you and your friends. Um, so they did an amazing job with that and especially with the max raid adventures to get the legendaries it's the most fun you can have going through uh finding legendaries because you're doing it together with your friends yeah Uh, or you don't have to but you know that's
1: really when you boil everything down to like that's only like one of my like few big gripes with the game is just i wish there was a way to simplify some of the online functions like with friends and like i said this on the show like i wish if we could do a party system for, like, raids and dens, that'd be awesome. Like, we didn't have to use the friend codes. But, I mean, those are things where I feel like that's just... that's It's like those things where, like, when you're set in your old ways, because that's how Nintendo tends to be, like, they have their, like, methodology and they always stick to it. It's something that I hope in future generations they, like, start to lean away from and be more open to these ideas. Overall, I mean, thanks to the addition of the DLC, I'm would probably put it either like a still like an a or b rank because it just opens so much and there's so much more you could go it's not perfect for the s but the point that you're opening the door to build on for an even better game next in line on between those two points
0: i understand just because you open the door doesn't mean the game right off the bat is good it's yeah. the same thing with let's go just because you're doing something new does not make it good sword and shield is a fine game, an exciting, beautiful world with the biggest move they've ever did, which is open world. The wild areas and everything, you get to see these Pokemon come to life in a wild area and stuff. Um, It's innovative. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of controversies with this generation and with this game. My biggest problem, and I I love the DLC side of it, Um, but with that DLC side, the main side was rushed, um, drastically. Um, I'm going to put this at B because knowing you with the DLC and stuff, imagine if all this was, if parts of it were all in there, this game would be an A, maybe an S, but, you could tell there was some flaws in it, but again it's it's the first try, so they'll probably figure it out and get it better. But for now it has to sit at a B. Um, it's see, still I mean, you could still replay it. That's the beautiful thing. There's still so much to do that it doesn't it doesn't lose its life like Gen 7, all those games lost its life once you beat it. like there's so much to do that you can enjoy. So see, I do love that.
1: That's one of the reasons why I'm also leaning towards putting it as an A. Because I do have the habit of like some of the old games. Like once I play it and I'll do a couple of things like shiny hunt, I tend to like lean off of it. Sword and Shield were the first games that actually kept me playing year round, like either a shiny hunting or doing events or the DLC. It also kept you playing
0: year games. round because you had to wait for DLC for a whole calendar year, basically. Like, let's be honest here. So that but gave I mean, the quality of life longer. It gave it longer life. It gave it longer life for sure.
1: But, I mean, and that's, it wasn't a new, true for a new game, game, isn't it? Because, like, you could stop playing with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon or, like, Sun and Moon. But if you put that goal on yourself, do you know what? I want to get, like, all the shiny Ultra Beasts. Like, if you set these goals for yourself, you have reason to keep coming and play these games over and over and over. So Sword and Shield is, like, one of the ones that naturally I would always find a reason to come back. Like, I never felt like I was forced to come back. Like... Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, I felt like I was forced because like, okay, let me come redeem my code, get my GameStop special Pokemon, and okay, put the game back down. Sword and Shield, I just keep playing because like I just enjoy what they've done. I love how easy it is to play these games, how to do like my favorite thing like shiny hunting right now, how simple it is for me to play with my friends. Because of that, that's why I lean more towards A. Because it's been a, for at least for me, it's been a natural pull, not forced for me to like want to keep playing this year round.
0: And and I understand that because it is with me too. Because I'm still playing it to this day. I was playing before we recorded today. I was uh, just going around and I did a couple of max raid uh, adventures because I haven't I haven't done all of them. But you know I have fun. I'm constantly playing. I'm not. I I agree with you. I don't feel forced. But again. The game was just way too incomplete, and then you find these fir- these certain niches that they would do in the DLC, and then you get them in the second DLC, and you waited over time. It gave it quality of life, and it, it let you keep going. It didn't make the game great. The, the thing about the game that went over the top that everyone's like, in all by was the Crown Tundra and how it was presented, and how you introduced all these things. Imagine if you had Max Raid Adventures for the toughest Pokemon that are out in the wild area. Imagine if that little feature was already there. Some of those things that you held off until the very end, that's where I kind of sit there, and I'm like, all right, Sword and Shield's fine. The DLCs make this game fun and make it great, but it's not a a perfect game it's not even one of the best games like i'm pretty sure when we get into the remakes or if we get into something going forward with the switch sword and shield is going to be an afterthought there is replayability in it though for sure because i mean they have the new ex set where it's all in one you know cartridge but that's why i gotta i gotta i gotta put this at a at a at a b it's not a there was still a lot of things where it was kind of rushed and fledged out like look at the routes the routes were lifeless in the story the wild area is great but then the life and some of the other stuff and there's so many parts of the story that were rushed or some semi-unanswered and stuff like that and you didn't really get to see it all play out the right way it has to be a it has to be a b if we were given more at the beginning, then I would put it at an A. But the fact is, we had to wait out for this whole game to be finished. Like, we were basically in beta the whole year. You understand me? Like, it wasn't even... It never, ever felt like a completed game to begin with. Even before they announced DLC. It just never felt complete. And so, the fact is, we sat in beta all the way until Crown Tundra. Uh,
1: I would still give it as... Personally, I would still put it as an A. Yeah, we're going to have some differences on our list. <laughs>
0: I'm glad mine's more accurate. You're welcome, fans, because I actually keep my – I pay attention to y'all. I listen to y'all. I feel y'all.
1: Oh, it's a personal opinion. You can have your opinions.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. But, fans, you just got lucky with a – was supposed to be 30 minutes into a two-hour special. In us I remember ranking. this
1: talk, too. It was like, oh, we're going to keep this at 30 minutes. Nope. There's a lot to dissect. It, in this it happened.
0: It, it <laughs> happened, guys. You got another long episode. It's and it's and it's for once isn't because Albert's long winded speaking is the reason why it was forever, it's because we actually had a lot to talk about. So, guys, enjoy our two hour special, enjoy and argue and debate our tier rankings. And uh, we hope to hear from you guys. Uh, you guys will be hearing you know more from us very soon enjoy this exclusive enjoy this tier uh ranking system that we did for the all the games and everything and whether you agree you disagree um i hope you enjoyed it uh for trainer steven for researcher albert train on
1: see you in december trainers later